Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Asking us to add a little, add to the family series. And the family series, the Build It Strong, has been so good to us. It's uh, been helpful and practical also, and uh, I know it's been good for you as well. So today, um, uh, we're, we'll be sharing a little bit about our own seasons that we've been through. So it's called Build It Strong Through the Seasons. And we'll share about the seasons that we've um, uh, went through separately. So what are the things that we went through and what did we get out of that. So what did we learn from those seasons and how are we applying those things to our family and yeah, our marriage right now? So all of these things have been lessons and um, yeah, we learned some values through, that, through those seasons and it's very important to just not, you know, to keep it in the past but to just also apply it and um, use it when you come across new things in your life. All right. So I just wanted to give you a bit of an introduction of who we are, because I don't think everyone knows us that well. Um, Mike and I, we've been married for um, seven years, <laughs> seven and a half years, he's thinking. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, we've been, uh, we got married in Australia, and, but we're very, very different. So. Like, Michael doesn't dance, I dance. And I like to prepare things when I'm writing. I do my quality time when I'm reading the Bible, making notes, and he just puts them on his phone or his iPad or his computer. It's just um, he and I have a big difference, age gap. He's 13 years older than me. Um, thir 13. Not 30. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> 13. Um, big age gap, um, but uh, the thing that brought us really together is having the same vision uh, for life and for church and uh, for ministry, and we'll share about that a little bit as well. Um, Michael, for instance, was born in, a, not, not born in, but his first home was a rice shed, and he was a child of a missionary uh, couple, and I was born here in Amsterdam, and just grew up here, got to church when I was nine, and yeah, I just uh, went to church every Sunday knowing about God, had a bit of a longing of who is this God and why is everyone raising their hands, it looks really awesome, I think I want that also, but I made that decision when I, uh, to really have a relationship with Jesus when I was 17, so it took a while. Um, and how did we fell in love? <laughs> um, when I uh, got saved, I came into a connect group, and it was called a connect group. Our groups are called groups, not connect groups. And uh, he was my connect leader, so he brought connecting to another level. Yeah. He did it really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we... We fell in love, and uh, after a couple of years, um, uh, God really called us to go to Australia to do Bible college. After Bible college, we came back to the Netherlands, and uh, like Pastor Steve said, led a church for four years. A year and a half ago, 
we pass it along, and now we're here with you guys. You are family now. So thank you for including us in your family. And um, before I go into Jeremiah, I just want to do a quick prayer, if that's okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is in this place, God. Holy Spirit, I know that you're going to be speaking to these people who are here in this room, that you're going to change hearts and minds and lives in this place, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who, pro who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. It leaves, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Such a beautiful verse. You know, the thing is that when I read this, it just reminds me of when you are being anchored in God, it doesn't matter what situation you go through, what season you're going through, you will bear fruit. Just like what Pastor Steve just mentioned about being in the middle, even though you can't see it, even though you're in that season. I mean, in, in a place like this, I know there are lots of people here who are going through season who are, who's, who are going through seasons that are not that great. I realize that. And I just want to encourage you that be anchored in Jesus. Be anchored in God because you will bear fruit. So Mike and I will be sharing a, a bit of those seasons that we went through. And I'm going to be sharing first um, two stories, two very personal stories of mine, um, where, I learned, where I learned to, um, to find Jesus uh, through the situations. And the first story is um, when I was 12 years old, uh, I, I lost my uh, brother. He was nine years old, and uh, it was a very hard time for us as a family. Uh, I, I was just in my uh, early teens, 13, 14, 15 years, and I'm struggling with all of these identity, identity issues, like who am I, what are things that are important, and I was already looking at those things like in a, in, uh, with more weight to it because I was griefing and I was looking for... Um, to, to fill the void that I was feeling inside, to find meaning and, and, and satisfaction uh, in things, in, in life. So I couldn't find it within my family. I was looking at my parents and they were grieving and they were struggling and they were doing their absolute best to help me, but they couldn't help me. You know, so I would look outside and I looked at my friends and I, I had a boyfriend and um, I was making really bad decisions uh, for in a young, very young age. And all of these things, they didn't help. They didn't bring me further. They didn't fill the void. They didn't take any pain away, any sorrow away. They just didn't help until I, one time I went to a youth camp. Yeah, youth, right? Where Jesus said, where God said to me, like, well, why don't you give me a try now? So I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And then from that moment, I just instantly felt God taking me on a journey of healing and restoration. And I just found out, like, oh, I can only look to Jesus. I cannot look to my parents. I can't look at, to my boyfriend or my friends for satisfaction. I can only be satisfied through Jesus. And the other story is that when I was in Bible college, um, Mike and I were engaged and we're going to get married. And uh, we were 
we got married. And um, my dad passed away a few months before uh, we got married. And that was a quite difficult season. The year after that, so that happened in uh, August, um, after we got married, I took a year off of college just to really be uh, intentional, um, choosing a year of recovery and, and grieving, all of that. So I made really good decisions and decisions. I kept really good relationships with people who had a positive influence on me. And I was looking at Michael because I thought, well, Michael is now my husband. I don't have to grieve alone. Um, I'm just expecting from him to take a bit of the pain away because he's the head of the family, right? So I expected of him to really see what I was feeling, to understand completely what I was going through, which, which was a completely unrealistic expectation of me that I put on him. And we both... Re whoa. <laughs> we, <laughs> we both realized that... Um, he was with me, he was praying with me, he was uh, fighting with me through that whole season. But I couldn't find what I really needed in him. I could only find it in Jesus. And same thing, I can't look to my partner, to my spouse, to find a thing that only Jesus can give. And then I want to just share just one more story that I found was so powerful. It's in Luke 8, verse 43 and 48. It's about a woman who was bleeding for 12 years. And she had uh, suffered for so long. And she's been looking for answers everywhere. Spent every dime to take her pain away. And nothing helped until one day she heard about the Messiah, the Son of God. And then she decided, this person is going to heal me. He is the Son of God. And he's going to be able to heal me if he... If I could just touch a piece of his fabric, I will get healed. I'm going to read it out for you. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from, from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. Jesus suddenly stopped and said to, the, to his disciples, Someone touched me. Who is it? While they all denied it, and Peter pointed out, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are thick. We can't walk through all the, these people without being jostled. jostled. Jesus said, Yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and there they received their healing. And when the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go with my peace. Only Jesus. She chose to look to only Jesus. No more healers on the side, people that claim that could help her. No parents, not your spouse, not your friends, not your family, only Jesus. And that's one of the key values that we put on our family life right now, is that when we go through seasons where we don't have a job, we look to Jesus. Where we're sick, we look to Jesus. Yeah, when there's a relationship broken in the family, 
we know to look only to Jesus. So one of these things I really pray that you will also remind yourself to look to Jesus because he's the one who can give you what you need, who can satisfy you. And I'm giving the mic now to Mike because he's going to share a bit as well. My beautiful, beautiful wife. There's no such more beautiful than she is for me. Yeah, so she, sh- she shared a bit that I was a missionary kid. And I know there are more people in this room that have traveled in their lives. Some even have moved more often than I have. 32 times, wasn't it, Remy? Yeah, I only got 26. Uh, <laughs> and uh, people who, who know what it is to travel and move on and move on. In my first 11 years being a missionary kid, um, I, am in, I moved maybe every six months to two years from place to place, from country to country. Traveling was in my blood, as you could say, and uh, saw the plane, airplane from the inside quite often. And then when we were 11, in 1985, we moved to Amsterdam southeast, just around the corner from here. Okay? <laughs> For me, it wasn't that who. <laughs> it took me five years to adapt to this country. Because coming out of a traveling situation, all of a sudden, planting yourself permanently in one place, you get restless. But also the ways you do things, like when you're in international school, you travel, and uh, you, do not, you skip the, 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 the exploring part. If you meet someone and it clicks, you're friends, usually friends for life. In the Netherlands, you get all this whole foreplay, foreplay, and then, then maybe, okay, let's be friends. Not even sure it's going to be best friends. So I skip the foreplay, as soon as I, I, I find the part yeah, you know, in, in friendship, in friendship, people, people, friendship. Uh, the, uh, before, the, before the, I think, hey, we're friends, but that's, that gets, something gets a bit too heavy, you know, for, for people who are not used to that. So my first five years, especially, were quite uh, lonely. But then I thought, looked at myself, okay, maybe I'm not the person people want me, that they want, want, want to be friends with. So let me change myself. Let me be, become a person um, living up to the expectations and what others want me to, want to see in me. So what I did was uh, uh, I, I started changing my fashion. I started changing the way I, I, I acted, the way I, as I got all of the jobs that were necessary to get certain kind of friends, blah, 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 etc., etc., so that I would live up to the expectations of others. That got emphasized even more the sooner as my dad started planting churches. Being a missionary kid, going and then becoming a pastor's kid, especially all this Indonesian culture, uh, it gives you a certain status. So, living up to expectations, acting more than I actually am, losing my identity on the process of who I really am, to become someone that other people expect. And in that, in that process, you make choices. Become, and you become manipulative because you create, you, when you create a certain world around you, you, you only make friends with certain people so that, they, so that you look better. You only get relationships with certain ladies so that you can get a better, uh, also and, and, and enhance your image um, of how people perceive you, etc., etc., etc. And all the way losing my identity, and it kept on going until I started becoming a survivor and not someone who was living. I call this my golden cage called it my golden cage because I'm free of it now. Thank you, Jesus. And in that, during that time, as I, as I made choices, I also did, made, had, had a lot of time going, you know, um, 
failing, succeeding, failing, succeeding, failing, succeeding, and in the end, you know, it became the normal thing. Oh, I'll succeed, and, may, and I know failure will come again, but I'll climb back up, and you know that that, that kind of a uh, kind of a journey. And all that time, um, being a pastor's kid as well, at the same time, I also saw the good parts of my dad's ministry. A lot of good stuff, but only the negative stayed with me. I also saw the side, of the ugly side of church, of how people can treat people, the, the politics of how people can treat people, or how people are using other people to, to enhance their status, which I also was playing that game. And, and, but, but because of all the pain we, kind of we went through as a family, or how my dad loved people who I thought did not deserve his love at all, I said, God, if this is ministry, no way, I don't want any of it. I'm going to do it my way, my plan, not yours. I called myself the self-made man. And I started creating my own world, doing things my way. And I was doing quite well until somewhere in 2001. I, was, I had a good job. I went on holiday to Indonesia. And uh, I was expected to come to a certain event, a youth event. Yes, at 27. And uh, yes, I was 27 years old, so I was pretty, pretty uh, I did things at my own pace. Uh, and during that youth event, I was expected to come because my dad was, was well known there and you're the son of that pastor, so in, in that culture, you know, show your face. So I came in, I thought, okay, yeah, 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 my dad, you know, so, so I'm the, his son, so yeah, fine, yeah, front row, thank you. <laughs> but as I came in, um, I, on my left side, I remember under the stairs, there was this group of teenagers praying passionately, praying so fervently, so on fire. I thought, God, what is that? I want that too, God. And then by the end of that service, yes, this 27-year-old comes up on a, on a youth service, comes on stage and gives his life to Christ. And that was the last time I did it. And you know, people grow, growing up in Christian families, they give their life to Christ and they, and they give their life to Christ again. You know, this, is, this was for me the final time, just to, make, just to keep clear. And during that journey, and I'm looking back at it now, there, the journey of, of becoming, uh, of, of, of uh, reaching that point of actually finally giving my life to Christ. I always felt, even in my failures before in my self-made man situations, uh, there was a hand above my head. There was something protecting me. And I'm looking back at it now, because at that time I wasn't aware of it as I'm speaking about it now. And there was always a feeling that there was always hope. There was something coming up, something better coming up. And the re I realized this when I'm looking back at it now that I had a secret weapon that I was not aware of. So that is also be a, uh, sort of something to, to be, for you guys to be aware of. I had praying parents. My parents prayed for me and, pray, and are still praying for me and my, uh, my brother and sister so that God's hand stays in our lives. Even when you re we as children sometimes reject God's hand, parents, keep praying for your kids. Keep God's hand in their life. Keep that protection of him in their lives. Because God will eventually do something that will create a situation where they will make the choice for him. So, like I said, I was 27. And um, I, had to, I, was, I was starting that journey of transformation, of trusting God. Two weeks after I came back from... Uh, from no, I, I came back on the holly, from my holiday. I was 27. I was in Indonesia that, 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 uh, when I gave my life. Came back on holiday, this is 2001. Turned on the channel, the first thing I see is Twin Towers. Now, who remembers that? Every channel. I thought, what is this? Is it Die Hard 2 on every channel? Is there something wrong with my movie? Was there something wrong with the channels? 
But I discovered that that was a time, of course, when, well, you know, the terrorist attack in, uh, in, in, in the States, in New York. And two weeks after that, the IT bubble crashed, and I was in IT. So everything I built my image on, my status, my, my, my income, the job that I had, uh, the girlfriend that I had at the time, all that enhanced my image, they were falling away, falling apart. God was actually allowing, uh, taking, God was allowing things to fall apart so that I would come to a point where God gave me the choice. Okay, Michael, you have the chance of regaining everything successfully and losing it again, probably, or give me a chance. And I, give me a chance, you already gave me your life, but give me the chance to show what that does. So that I got, okay, here it is. I remember I was next to my bed. I, I had all, my, all the papers on with, my, with the bills I had to pay, and etc. I was on bed, I was crying, and etc. And God took me, my failures and my successes, and he took me on a journey that leads, leads me eventually, after all, it leads me also here. It is a journey of trust. I chose God and he started that transformation journey. And every one of us who has chosen God is on that transformation journey somewhere. Everyone uniquely, their own journey, but it's a journey of transformation. It leads, leads, leads you to the point where you realize who God really says that you are. We, in the world where failure is a status, for God is just another lesson to trust him more. Where success is a status, for, for God, it's just another, okay, great. There's, there's a bigger success coming up if you just follow me. The Bible says very easily, very simply, he who follows me, the blessings will follow you. Right? Am I correct? Yeah, there you go. You know, the world is not the one who defines. Our situation, our states does not define who we are. I'd, I'd read in, in Australia, I discovered who I was because I was, my mindset was freed of the fact what I thought was expected of me and what I expected of myself by regaining the identity of God, who, how God made me as I am. I mean, in Romans, if you just open the book, open, open his word, you can find so many things that God says about us. In Romans, he says we're justified. He says, if I am for you, who are you who's it going to be against you? He promises to build you, uh, 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 build you and prosper you. He's even called you, and he, this is very important, it's so important, God says, I have called you by your name. And if you realize that, what, is, what can this world do? This God, who I've mentioned before, holds the whole universe in the palm of his hands. According to scientists, two trillion galaxies in, in, in the palm of his hands. Has chosen and made each and every one of us and calls by our name. We, our new identity is discovered in true freedom who God has called us to be. It's okay to be who you are. You are not a failure. You are not an accident. You are not a, 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 a nobody or inadequate. God has called you by name and he has a plan and a purpose for you and he created you for today. In Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. So before you even discovered who you were, he already knew who you were. Because he already dreamt you up long before you even landed on this planet. So uh, when you realize that, many things change. Your focus changed, your relationships changed. And um, like I said, I stopped, I stopped dating girls just to make me look good. I started to realize, how am I going to make someone else look good? Right? Yeah. And um, 
at the moment I realized she was going to become my wife was the moment when, I, when we were in Australia. And actually, we were on holiday before we went to Bible college. We were, go, we were to Australia. You wanted to go to Bible college for a day to have a look. I, went to, I was looking for a work. We went with a group of friends, by the way, just to make sure that we just not the two of us. You know. And um, we were there. At the end of the day, we came together again. And I shared on how my day went. And I said, I couldn't find a job. And she said, well, I had a great day. I went about, I went, went, went to the chapel and she shared on the, on the sharing, on the college, on the lessons, etc. Man, we gotta get it. We, I, I'm, I'm going here with or without you. Didn't you? Yeah. But as she was speaking, it triggered something in me. Because all my life, I've been prophesied over by, by, by several people. Uh, from my seventh one, I can remember every time, and I would have to, they, would, they would tell me God's going to use you in a powerful way, etc., etc., and in some certain detail. And that, to a point where I came to, hey, okay, you're going to prophesy over me as well? You're probably going to say this and this, right? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Arrogance. But how true it is how God did, uh, was going to use me uh, and use us anyway in the way He planned it. And when she triggered the dead dream that I threw away when I said no to God, I knew this is going to be my wife. She made me a better believer in Christ. She made me a better follower of Christ. So you out there, you know, you're looking for your spouses. Does he or she make you a better follower of Christ? It's a good clue. And trusting God always to go wherever he has asked you. Because his plan, the God who holds the universe in his hands, is always much better than your plan. Trusting God to go, if he asks you to do something that may sound very illogical, like packing your bags at 35 and going to Bible college again, mid-careers. It's, it's, it's absurd. Who would do that in their logical mind? I did, because I tried to learn to trust God. And we're the best years of my life so far. And they're still getting better, because we're here. <laughs> uh, trusting God to do the best thing always. That's why, for every season you go through, trust God. Through every season you go to, like my wife said, focus on Jesus, because he can answer your, your situation. For every season you go to, it is important to realize who you are, who God has called you to be. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8 says, let me reread this in NLT. But blessed are those who trust the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the seasons, by the drought, by the long months of drought or heat. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. This is what happens when we go through the seasons of life with Christ. We can always stay focused. We can always have hope. We can always expect more because God is always bigger than any situation, any plan, anything we have ever. And that is where my identity lies. Our identity lies as a family who to always stay trusting what God says not what people say no matter how close that person is to your life in your life if God says something different I've learned to trust God beyond other people because in the end of the day I often say this I won't be able to look God straight in the eyes not literally but you understand what I mean right and understand that I did what he wanted me to do also for my family also one of the reasons why we're here and we thank you for the opportunity and um, yeah if any of this has vibrated somewhere within your heart or touched something or thought, hey, uh, 
that that's made me think about something i would like to pray for you so if you would all like to stand up i'm going to i'm count to 3 and then uh, i'm going to if you are if you want me to pray for you please raise your hands i ask you ask you all close your eyes out respect for each other privacy but also and to focus on god so one jesus loves you two jesus died for you on the cross and three he rose again to give you life for whom may i pray whose hands are raised thank you jesus thank you jesus who else who else can i pray for thank you lord hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus thank you jesus and yes thank you lord hallelujah hallelujah jesus thank you lord you are a great and amazing god you hold the universe in your hands and yet you see each and every one of us you dreamt us up long before we even realized who we were you gave us an identity and a purpose and a plan long before we even realized that we existed for a reason and lord i thank you lord for everyone here who has raised their hands maybe there are some who haven't who haven't have done so but you know their hearts we know you know our hearts lord jesus free us of our mindset free of us free us of of expectation lord jesus let us all focus on you and realize that you have made us with a reason and for this time and this place that we are not an accident we are not a failure we are not inadequate we are not alone we are together with you in a community and a family of Christ so jesus ask you to bring that shift in the mind that shift in the, in the heart to stay focused on you through whatever season any one of us is going through to trust you in the process in jesus mighty Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from him and today I want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved in Jesus name. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info@c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus and we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you god bless you